Houston, we have a problem. I'm just going to come out and say it. Are people giving up too quickly on their marriages? Well, let's talk about it in episode 104 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Episode 104. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy. And today we're talking about the phenomenon, or I don't know, do you think it's a phenomenon? Are people giving up too quickly on their relationships and their marriages? You know, when the going gets tough, are they just filing for divorce or are they actually trying to work out the problems uh, and really giving it... Uh, a yeoman's effort, as they say. I don't know. I I think perhaps people do give up a little bit too easily, especially after talking to Dr. Jed Diamond. Let me introduce to you, he is my guest today. Not only is he a PhD and has a master's degree in social work, but he's focused on men's health. He's also focused on women. He helps everybody. His passion in life is to support both men and women uh, and eliminating the stresses that undermine their health and wreck relationships. So he has a mission, and his mission is called Men Alive. It's a program that uh, seeks to help men and the women who love them successfully navigate the unique stresses of life in the 21st century so that all our relationships can survive and prosper. Sound good? His vision is to focus on the critical aspects of men's health and well-being. Men Alive is a safe haven in this time of transition. It offers time-tested resources to help you when you need it the most, and it's a place you can trust for yourself and your loved ones, a place where everybody can come together to share experiences and help each other weather the storm. Nobody has all the answers, but together we can find the way. So I want to talk uh, with Dr. Jed Diamond and have him talk to you about relationships and more importantly, he goes into some stages of relationships that I think everybody will resonate with. I know I did, and hopefully it can help shed, shed some light on what we should be thinking about when times get tough. So let me introduce to you Dr. Jed Diamond. Dr. Diamond, I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm great, and it's good to be with you. Yes, Um not often I get to have doctors on the show. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited. Um, so the first question I ask everybody, and I'm going to ask it of you, is for those who are not interested, not interested, those who are not familiar with you, uh, give everybody idea, an idea of your background and um, you know the work you do and, and how you got to where you are today. Well, just briefly, uh, I'm a psychotherapist and marriage and family counselor. I've been working in the field for 50 plus years. And uh, if you go to my website, menalive.com, I, I specialize in working with, with men and their families and men at various stages of relationship. And if you see my introductory video, uh, it, it talks about uh, confessions of a twice divorced marriage counselor. So I went through <laughs> two divorces and two two marriages before I really realized that 
there was something that I needed to learn about a relationship. And I knew a lot about going through divorces and what that was about. Uh, and so I, you know, did my own therapy, went to a therapist, did a lot of reading about marriage and family and what really makes for a good marriage and how to recover after you've been through a divorce. And I can say now that uh, my present wife and I have been happily married for 44 years. God bless and you. We have shared a, a bit about our own healing journey and in the various books that I've written about relationships. I'm on year 11 myself. I, I can only hope to get to where you are. Uh, and that's a, and a, a goal I aspire to. So tell everybody, um, well, today's topic, we're going to talk about the transformative stages um, uh, of relationships. Um, but after going through two divorces yourself, I'm glad that you kind of mentioned recovery uh, because I always tell people or I always preach uh, that, you know, going through a divorce, a contested divorce is trauma. Uh, and like any trauma, you really you do need to recover from that, right, to heal. Um, so let's just talk really briefly about that first, if you don't mind, uh, on the importance of putting in the work to to heal from that trauma after a, a, a divorce, let's say. Well, yeah, it's uh, even in non-contested uh, divorces, it's traumatic. I mean, the relationship is probably the most important thing in most people's lives. It's the thing we we think about if we're not in relationship, we hope to get into one. If we have been through a relationship and a breakup, which obviously many people have, there's a lot of pain and suffering at even in good breakups, so-called. But many, you know, conflicted, uh, you know, relationships, the reason they break up is there's conflict. And when you have gone through that, there's a tendency to, either just want to forget it you know it's just painful i don't want to i want to deal right. with it and so people and i can speak from my personal experience twice uh you know you you kind of lick your wounds you say never again i'm never going to do that again i you know i'm, I'm never going to make that mistake whether it's i'm not going to pick a person like that or i'm not going to have what happened to me or us happen the next time. And you know, then you get busy at work and you get busy with other parts of your life. And um, then, you know, inevitably you start getting interested in relationship again. And there's a tendency on two ends of the scale, either to ignore relationships altogether because it's just too painful and we just spend a lot of time uh, waiting for something to change or we jump into a relationship very quickly we right. uh, we want to you know fall off the horse get back on and you know people jump into another relationship fast before they've really healed from the past one so as you suggest the 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 real value of taking time uh doing some reflection doing some counseling doing some uh supported work to really understand what happened to be able to deal with the the pain the trauma the hurt the 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 anger the 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 fear so that you can make sense of it because in a way all our life is a process of 
of beginnings and endings of various kinds and understanding our life journey, particularly our love journey, is something that I think is valuable for everybody. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So I'm so glad that you you emphasize that again here today, um, because I, I try to do it as much as possible. Sometimes I sound like a, a broken record, but, um, you know, no matter how bad the relationship was and, and the marriage and the breakup, um, you know, I always say it, it takes two to tango. And, and so um, whether it's big, small or equal, it doesn't really matter. You know, you have to look at yourself internally and, and take accountability when it's when it's due. Um, and that only helps you grow for the, hopefully maybe the next relationship. Um, all right. We could spend a whole episode on this topic alone. So maybe we'll, ha- maybe we'll do that in the future because I, I do love talking about that. But today I'm excited to talk about, you know, the transformative stages of, uh, relationships, uh, and especially one of them. Um, which you know which one that is. <laughs> but give everybody just a, a brief overview of, of what that is. What are the transformative stages? And, and then we'll get into it a little bit. Sure. Well, what, what I suggested, having been through two marriages and divorces and then figured out some things uh, and now I've been in a successful long-term marriage for many years, 44 years, I learned some things. And what what I learned was that there were actually five stages of love or five stages of relationship. And that I, like many people, grew up in, you know, romantic movies and the things we think we know about relationships, thinking there were two stages that, you know, the beginning stage where you, you get connected, you usually fall in love. And then once you found that special someone that that soulmate, you think, then you hopefully then build a life and live happily ever after. That was stage two. But for most of us, we hit a place where it didn't work out. And that's what I call stage three. And I call it disillusionment because that's where most marriages fall apart. In some way, we look at our partner and we say, what happened? Either it used to be so good and now it's either quickly or usually slowly deteriorated over you know, a number of years to a point where you just look at your partner or look at yourself and just say, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. This right. isn't who I thought you were. And the disillusionment is a feeling of it isn't working. And that's often then where we go to get a divorce. But in reflecting on our life, I realized that in fact, disillusionment was the third stage. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Just to let you know where we're going. Uh, if you get through the disillusionment phase, and there's a whole process that you know, that I talk about in my workshops and in my counseling and in the book that I wrote after my wife and I figured some of these things out. Uh, the fourth stage I call real lasting love, which is a, what we mostly want that we often thought we had when we fell in love and we're going to live happily ever after. But there's more to the story. Stage four, 
real lasting love. And then there's a fifth stage, which I call finding your calling as a couple, which is a whole nother level of exciting and supportive love. So we can talk about that third stage, which is so crucial both for if you're going to get through it, you need to understand what you may be facing. If you've been through it, you want to know how do I get to the other side and how do I, you know, look forward to what can happen afterwards? Yeah. And I think what is so great about how you break it up into five stages is is to say, sure, there may be a, a tough period, a challenging period, stage three, right, that we'll talk about. But if you put in the work and don't give up right away, um, there, there's, there is another side. There is the other side, right? There is what everybody, you know, signed up for when they got married, that everlasting love and, and deeper sense of relationship, I'll call it. Um, so that, so that's great to, to hear because we don't often talk about that. And, 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 you know, like, like you said, a lot of relationships and marriages end at the stage three, when the going gets tough thinking, well, I guess it didn't work out or we're not meant to be. Um, and, and they get divorced. Um, and, but if you, if you kind of work through it, um, to know that there is something else better on the other side, right? I think that's that's comforting and uh, so positive. So maybe we'll, if we have time, we'll touch on that before we we leave today too, uh, and end on that high note. <laughs> but so let's let's get you know we're in stage two, right? We'll just jump, rewind, and jump forward a little bit. You get married. Um, you're, you're still in that, you know, honeymoon stage, I'll call it of marriage, right? Um, I, there's a honeymoon stage, I would say of a relationship, um, that can lead to marriage, right? And then you get married and then, um, perhaps there's a honeymoon stage of the marriage and then, and then kind of life sets in. Um, and how does this transition though, from that stage two to the stage three dis disillusionment? How does that happen? Why does that happen? Well, there's a number of reasons why it happens and why it's so common that it happens. We know from studies actually worldwide that marriages tend to break up after between four and seven years. There's, you know, the that movie, The Seven-Year Itch. We mm -hmm. all have that sense that, you know, after you say the honeymoon period wears off, Usually and often there's family, that's when children come in. And what many of us didn't weren't told uh, or didn't believe is that children are really tough on a marriage, even great children. You want children, you have children. We had originally two children in my first marriage. And looking back, that was really a difficult time. So some of the the stress that builds up has to do with the stresses of life and family and making a living. And, you know, we live in a, an increasingly stressed and in some ways out of balance world. So beyond that, there's a feeling of, and we'll get into this a little more with the, when you understand the disillusionment phase, but increasingly there is a feeling of breakdown in the feeling of intimacy the feeling that you're there for me and that delight in, you know, waking up and seeing your partner, 
gradually the the challenges of life. You get in a routine, you get in a rut, you don't have time for each other. You used to go on date nights together, but with the kids, you just don't have time. Yeah. All of those things that I think most of us are very familiar with. And it, it reaches a point, though, where whatever you try to do feels like it doesn't work, or sometimes it even makes things worse. And people start to feel that and I hear it from men and women that uh, it feels like nothing I do makes things better. And you hear often different things from one partner than the other. You'll hear from a woman, he he just never talks. He doesn't let me know how he's feeling. And you'll hear often from the man, well, it just seems like she's always, you know, at me. It seems like I can't do anything right. So there are various, you know, indicators that we know if we're in it that it just starts feeling hard or difficult. You're fighting more. That's one common, you know, indicator. The other is the opposite. We don't fight very much, but there's just not the intimacy. Uh, it could be sex drops off or it just isn't that good or the feeling that many will say it's I feel like it's okay. I feel like I'm, I, I love the person, but I'm not in love anymore. I feel right. like I'm just a roommate or we're just we coexist together but i want more there's something more and those are the gradual feelings that lead up to one or the other person and increasingly what i've found in my practice it's often more often than not the woman that will make the final initiation of leaving uh and men are often surprised they feel blindsided in many ways which is somewhat unusual because the women will say, God, I've been telling you, I've been unhappy for a long time, but men often are oblivious or we don't notice those signs that, yeah, I knew it wasn't great, but I didn't think it had gotten this bad. Right. I know that that's so true. I, I always joke around that, you know, unless, uh, you know, from a, a man's perspective, unless you put up a big billboard and throw it two feet away from my face. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to know what you're talking about, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, and, and it, it all goes back in my mind to, you know, that book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right. The, just the differences, um, how men and women um, look at the world, right. You you can look at the same object multiple different ways. Um um, when it seems so simple and one-sided to one person. Um, so that communication breakdown is is uh, such an interesting dynamic. Um, but, you know, I like how you, you kind of just coined it. It's like life, it's almost like life gets in the way, right? You get married, uh, maybe you start a family. And I know I have an eight-year-old uh, girl, so kids are tough and I only have one and she's tough. <laughs> um, but, and, and it puts a lot of stress on, on everybody, um, in, in so many different ways. Um, and it's, and it's great in so many ways, right? It's just, you know, life is hard. Um, and so I think when, when, when it's happening and you're in it, sometimes you, 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 you lose that big picture. Um, and, and you're in the day-to-day -day and routine, like you said, and, and you get into a rut, um, and, and that's life and you hear it so often. Um, and I also hear that too, uh, with the people that I work with. So 
what do you say to people who are in this stage three um, who maybe don't know it or maybe they do know it? Um, how do you what what are you supposed to do uh, other than go to therapy? Well, maybe I, that's I what you do. I tell a little story. Uh, when I was in graduate school, uh, I, my first wife and I went to hear the famous uh, psychologist and marriage therapist, Carl Rogers. And he was quite old at the time. And he came to speak to a large group of people. And his wife was there. And, you know, he was telling us about his therapy and about marriage. And then there was an aside to his wife seemingly on the side, he said, yeah, do you, do you remember, you know, that time when things were really difficult between the two of us and it really looked like maybe we weren't going to make it? And, you know, I was shocked, you know, that this famous man and famous therapist uh, had problems with his wife and she kind of nods and said, yeah, there were, you know, those 15 years were really tough and, but we, we, we got through it. And, and then I was really sh- 15 years. Right. That's a long time. Was there, but 15 years were difficult and you hung in there. So part of what people don't realize, I think, is that one, that it takes time to make a good marriage. And we're so tuned in now to having things quick mm. uh, in all kinds of parts of our lives. When things start getting bad the belief happens that I must be with the wrong person. And because we have a tendency to, you know, throw away goods more quickly, go through all kinds of consumer products, get the newest, best, latest thing, there's a tendency to do that. So that's one one thing that I tell people. Uh, You may need to hang in there, get help, get support, because here's the truth most of us didn't get very good guidance for how to have a good marriage. Mm. Uh, Our own families, if you looked at most families that were not all great models for a good, happy marriage, even those that were, the times have changed. The stresses are so different on marriages today than were when we were, you know, our parents were, were together. And then the, the, the final thing that leads into what I call stage three is that there is a downward arc that all marriages go through. I call it the, the, the valley in between the two mountains. You think of there's only two stages. You get to the top of the mountain and then it looks downhill and you think I got to get out. But there's actually two mountains. And when you're in the valley, it doesn't mean things are over. It means that the old the old way of an early marriage needs to change. And what we call disillusionment, which on one level means I, I thought you were somebody different and now you're not who I thought you were. So I I want I want the, the the person I thought I had, and we go and get somebody else. Disillusionment also can mean, and this is what I teach people in the third stage, it means we let go of our illusions of what we projected onto our partner. And we begin to see that for much of our married life, 
we weren't seeing our partner the way they are as a human being with flaws, with their own problems, their own issues. We projected, particularly in those first two stages of falling in love and building the life together, of who we thought they were, who we imagined, who were the people we hoped would fill our dreams and make our lives complete. And then they turn out to be real people and they have real problems. <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't think that that was going to happen. So part of the entree into stage three is we begin to see, you're right when I say this, I projected a lot of ideal onto my wife or the partner that I have. And now that I see who she really is or she sees who I really am, we need to now, in a sense, begin to negotiate with the real person. What kind of a marriage do we really want now that we're real with each other? And the fear is if I was really real, if you really knew who I was, you would not want to be with me. So the longer we're together, the more fear we have of getting real. And yet the only way to get through to stage four is to begin to be honest with each other, to begin to talk deeply about our needs, the things that are working, the things that aren't working, and how we can get through to a deeper connection with each other. How does that coincide with um, pre-marriage counseling for those who who do it? Not everybody does it, but you know, you know, if you're of the Catholic faith, you know, maybe you go through the pre-cana. Um, you know, uh, I'm Jewish. My wife is not. We went through an interfaith uh, pre-marriage counseling uh, to make sure we were on the same page as far as raising children and religion and all that. So when you do you find that pre-marriage counseling on its face, the way it's usually done, are people going through this kind of stage three work that you're talking about, finding the real person and being really honest with each other? Or are they even at that stage still, you know, not not being real? Um, and then they end up at stage, stage three at any point, you know, after the marriage. Well, you bring up an interesting point. And I, I would say, first of all, that any of the premarital where you can really talk more deeply about the things you're aware of, differences in religion, differences in do you want children or not? How many children do you want? Even beyond what most people would share with each other naturally, but with a, you know, a trained, you know, counselor or a guide, you can get deeper. But here's the thing that is comes out in stage three is all you can discuss in those kind of settings are what you're consciously aware of, what you know in your conscious mind. And what the other uh, gift of stage three is that you begin to be forced to look at the subconscious and to be willing and of necessity have to look at your childhood issues that were barriers to growing up in a healthy family. In other words, every child grows up in a family that was less than perfectly loving. And so we all carry some traumatic wounds 
Some of us had divorced families growing up. Some of us had fathers that were absent in some ways, physically or emotionally. Sometimes there was alcohol problems. Everybody has some degree, I think, of what are called adverse childhood experiences growing up that color the, the kind of relationship that we think we need. So we often will project on our partner what we didn't get uh, in our family love. If you didn't get that secure love, you think, oh, this time she's going to give me what I didn't get from my mother or my father. And if you are not aware of that, if you're not aware of, in a sense, these, these wounds that we carry or these projections, stories we carry, then we think we've made a mistake. We've picked the wrong person or they used to be the person we wanted, but they've changed. He, he, I thought he was this, but he's changed. He isn't the man I married or isn't the woman I married. Well, the truth is often the shadow, the the wounded part, the unhealed business from our childhood comes to the fore. And the opportunity now is to deal with it. And the benefit is twofold. Part of the benefit is as we deal with these unconscious or subconscious issues from our parents, we can now start getting real with each other and be able to talk together. We may need some counseling support through that. That's why a lot of people come to me in stage three, because they want to get through this with some help. The other is you can begin to heal some of the unfinished business from your past. Some of the wounds you had in your family that not only color your relationship, but color other parts of your life. And then that sets you up when you do that work for a stage four marriage that now is, I call it real lasting love. It's more real now. We really know each other on a deep level, including some of the, the shadow parts that we've hidden from ourselves and our partner. And it can be lasting now because it's now based on a firm foundation of reality rather than a shaky foundation of illusion. And it's love in a way that most people have never experienced. The love that comes from, you really see my flaws, you see my worst fears, you see my worst worries about my myself and my and you love me anyway and that's the basis of a whole new level of marriage and joy and happiness that comes after that third stage right it's the only love that you can experience after going through the stage three uh because before that stage one and two the love that you've experienced is different it, it's 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 just not the same. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So when people are going through, let's say a couple, a married couple are in the disillusion, disillusionment stage um, and they want to get through it. Um, do they work with somebody like yourself together in like a couple's counseling type of situation? Or do you suggest each one goes for individual at first and then kind of come together. How does that work? Well, it works different ways with different people and different needs. Um, almost always people will come to me one at a time. It's rare that I'll get a call from a couple that okay. said, we'd like to, we've been talking, we'd like to see you together. 
it's most often either the woman says, you know, this is really hard. I I feel we need something. I'm my my husband isn't willing to come or right. he's, I want to check it out and she'll come first. Or sometimes it's the man saying, you know, I I'm not sure about the relationship. I'm not sure if I want to stay. So whoever comes first, I'll often then get the the other person in and we do often both work individual work that often needs to be healed in our personal individual lives and then couple work for how do you i mean one of the first things i tell the couple uh when they're in stage three it's an it's an old saying when you're going through hell which is what stage three feels like don't stop right you'll keep burn going. <laughs> right. So, right you don't stop if you're in hell you want to keep going because there's uh, there's there's air and breath and healing on the other side. And the other part is that it's hard to get through it by yourself. Sure. As a couple, you, you know, because it's so painful and you're bringing up things from the past, whether you're aware of it or not, the tendency is to not do it. And so the problems don't get solved. Or if you try to do it yourself, and you're not very good at it, which most of us are not good marriage counselors, even marriage counselors, as I know, we're not good trying to be our own marriage counselor. No, a therapist needs a therapist, we need, right? We need, we need counseling, coaching, support in order to get through it. At least most people do, or most people could benefit from it. Some can do it on their own. I wrote a book, so I, I lay out some of this. Some people have said, called me, said, yeah, you're brilliant. Your book helped me get through it, but most people need and would benefit from some added support to help them. So how do you, though, if you start working with, let's just take, for example, the the wife um, first, she comes to you, you know, uh, this isn't working out, you know, I don't know if this is it, you know, clear stage three. How, how do you get, and the husband, you know, for whatever reason, isn't on board with, you know, getting help and, you know, isn't interested, right? That's, they're not there. How do you get the husband on board uh, eventually, you know, to, to do it? Because to me, it would, at some point you have to, right? Otherwise, if only one person is working at it and the other person is not, one person might get to stage, out of stage three, but the other person's cannot. <laughs> so that, right, you, you, the goal is you got to get to stage four together. Well, there's, there are two parts of it. it. It always works better if you can get both people involved. Um, and there's a lot of ways that I get the other person, whether it's the man coming first. It's often the woman coming first is because women tend to be more relationship focused, even yep. if they're the ones that leave. They they want they, they want to try to fix it. Guys tend to be, you know, less aware. Um, they also have a feeling that many that I'm just going to get blamed. You know, I know I'm acting in ways that my wife doesn't like, and it feels like therapy will just be another way to, to blame the guy. So I often will say, listen, whatever it is, there's no blame involved. You, right. You're here because uh, of a whole set of things, a lot of which you didn't have any control over with, of what happened to you as a child. So I help it be a no blame atmosphere that helps get the other person involved and the other is that uh 
if you don't do something, you're going to lose something that I know is important to you. Uh, if you do nothing, you're probably going to lose. And most, again, guys, no matter how busy, disengaged, if it's like, I'm going to lose my marriage, my family's going to fall apart, they will, they will come. Once they're there, then they realize, no blame. Whoever you think is the problem, you're not the problem, she's not the problem. The problem is the 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 beliefs you have the wounds you have so when you get people together you help them see that nobody's to blame and that's right. a relief for people and everybody can get helped there aren't any marriages that are inherently doomed uh even though some require a whole lot more support than others and that's helpful because many people feel no matter what I do, I don't think it's going to work. It's just right. too painful. Which is understandable when you're when you're uh, you know in the thick of hell, as you as you say, uh, and you look all around you, and there's nothing but fire. It's hard to see, you know, the other side, right? Get out of that valley. Um, but I like that analogy that you made. Would you say that these stages that that you so artfully have created, going through them is inevitable? In that any any relationship, uh, real relationship, are going to naturally progress through these stages, including the stage three. Um, so when people you know get to stage three and say they throw in the towel without putting in the work, let's say, um, and they think I'll just meet somebody else who uh, is meant for me, um, and maybe they do meet somebody and they get married again. Um, you went through this. Uh, inevitably, at some point, they will go through a stage three with that person. Right. right. It's it's just inevitable. And you have to just work through it and trust the process, uh, I guess, to, to get to that stage for real true love. Right. Well, the key is back to where we started. It, it, most of us don't know that there's a stage three. So if you think about what it would be like if you believed, as many people consciously or subconsciously believe, that if you find the right person, you know, you get that when you fall in love, the rest will work out. Right. You'll have your ups and downs, but the rest will work out. And so when it doesn't work out, if the the choice is you either stay in a very unhappy marriage and you just bite the bullet and say, all right, for the kids or for whatever, we're just going to stay and be unhappy, which some people do. They don't yep. say that, but they do it. Um or you feel like the only way to get happiness is to get out, then those choices make sense. That's why so many people get divorced. If you even understand that stage, there is a stage three. There is a, you know, th that feeling you have, that disillusionment you're feeling is real, but it's not the indicator that says you've fallen out of love, it's over. Somebody said, uh, you know, leaving a relationship because you've fallen out of love is like abandoning your car because you ran out of gas. Right. Okay. Right. So if you know that you can refill the gas tank and you can keep going, that's a relief to even know that. And then it then requires some pretty in-depth work 
But many people, probably most people who, you know, want to have a good marriage and have an investment by the time you get to stage three, you know, after four or seven years or whenever it is, um, you may have children, you've been together a long time, you have, you know, financials, uh, ties, you, you know, you have in-laws, you have fa extended family, you have friends. So people, if they're given an option and given guidance, they want to work it out. And if you give them a, a, a logical and reasonable map that's based on real experience, they go, yeah, okay, now, now that I see the, the terrain, I see the map, and I've got a guide, bring it on. I'm ready to, I'm ready to make that trek to through the all of the stages. I want to get to real lasting love and I want to get the whole journey together. Right. Who wouldn't, right? If if you saw the roadmap at the beginning, um, and then you know you're in the middle, you're in the tough part, you're climbing that hill or you're in the valley, but you know, there's a, the other side to get to. Right. That that would give, I think, a lot of people uh, a whole jolt of motivation um, to. Well, there's to, one to... more piece of motivation that I would give. And it's this is that most people have been taught, even if those that have gotten good marriage counseling and, and support, is that you have to accept that that falling in love stage, that that's that's part of early, early marriage. You right. can't expect to be that kind of in love after 40 years. Well, it, it turns out that's not true. They, they've actually done studies with people that have been married for 30, 40, 50 years. And when they have actually gone through a, an in-depth marriage, they've actually gotten through either by just luck or good circumstance or therapy into real lasting love, they find, and I've experienced this, and I haven't been married for 43 years, is that you actually fall in love again because actually you're now with a different partner. I can see or that, yeah. The same woman or man you married, but now they're real. And so people who see my wife and I, you know, go, God, you look like newlyweds. You, you know, you're hugging, you're kissing, you're talking, you know, personally, you're, there's a lot of, you know, just real positive energy. And they've actually done brain scans on people who have been happily married for, you know, 40 years. And the same areas of the brain light up as when you were young married couples who are in that early stages, same brain areas light up. So a lot of people leave again, subconsciously is because they miss that feeling things. And you're told, well, you just got to give that up. You know, you, you, you you can't expect to be in love, Puppy like love right. after 40 years. So if, you know, we know how good that feels. It may be crazy in love, but it's a wonderful feeling. Well, the thought that you could have that in addition to the intimacy and the connection after 40 years, that's another inducement that says, hang in there, do the work, get through to the other side. And not only will you have a great marriage, but you'll be in love again with you. You had seemingly with a new partner, yeah, only it's that, the same person you started out with. It's that puppy love that, you know, uh, everybody loves and it's intoxicating, right? It everybody is. who goes through it knows it. And, and right, you love to 
to have that again. So that's great. That's great news. Um, Dr. Diamond, this has been great. Um, I told you the time goes quick. Um, so we'll have, we have so much more we could talk about and maybe we'll do it again sometime. Um, but I know you have a big event coming up uh, that I want you to tell people about because there's still opportunity to jump in on this. So what is that? Well, it's a unique uh, retreat. Uh, I, this is the first live retreat that I will have done in a number of years. Uh, and it's just for men. So guys that are, you know, watching, listening, or women that know a guy who've been through a breakup, who really want to do this kind of internal work with a small group of uh, other men, it'll be limited to 15 guys. It's in March. It's at a retreat center in Arizona, a really beautiful place. And it is an opportunity for any men that have been through a breakup at whatever stage they are, either they just broke up and they're still going through the pain or they broken up a while ago and are kind of dating again, or even you're in a new relationship, but you really want to be sure that the, the, the opportunities to have this deeper relationship, you get the knowledge, the skills and really do the healing. So that's available. So if anybody's interested, uh, they can, just drop me an email is the easiest way uh, to Jed, J-E-D, at menalive is my website, M-E-N-A-L-I-V-E.com, or go to my website and you can contact me at Men Alive. So it's happening in March. So if there's any men out there that would be interested, I'd certainly love to talk with you and see if this might be something you would find helpful. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And and now that... Uh... You know, most people are we're coming out of the pandemic phase, hopefully here, and uh, we can do these in-person events again. I, you know, they're invaluable if you can uh, take the time and attend. So check that out if you're listening. So there we have it. How did you feel about that conversation? I know that transformative stage, right? That sounds like something everybody goes through. Um, and it's that stage where I feel like people just sell themselves short, frankly, you know, sell the relationship short, give it some time, put in the work. And if you do that, you will get to the other side. And on the other side, I feel like you got, you know, the, the light from God coming down at you and you're like, ah! and that's, don't we all want to, don't we all want to be there? Uh, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. Right. So. If you're interested in learning more, check out Dr. Diamond. And if you are interested in getting some divorce coaching for your situation, contact me, Jason at jasonlevoy.com. I'll be happy to happy to talk with you. I give complimentary uh, free strategy calls. I also offer group and one-on-one divorce coaching. So check it out and take action today. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.